Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot going on today. Got some numbers today. Economic numbers, David. Where are we at? What are we looking at? What yeah. is the president saying? So, so the uh, inflation numbers that came out were not as bad as they thought it would be. It's still bad, but apparently because they're a little bit off of what analysts and experts had predicted. Well, that mm-hmm. that means it's time for a Joe Biden victory lap, okay? Because have you seen the cost of cars? <laughs> all right, that's gone down. All right, that means everybody's going to have a Merry Christmas. That's according to Joe Biden. Okay, all right, here we go. Here's the clip. Used car prices fell for the fifth month in a row. New car prices didn't go up this month. That savings is critical to so many families. It gives them just a little bit of breathing room for the holiday season. And all of this means that for the last several months, wages have gone up more than prices have gone up. Wages have gone up more than prices have gone up. Say that again. That, that's actually not, not true. Wages have not gone up faster than prices. In fact, they haven't for 20 straight months. That's a, that's a record, by the way. Historic, you would say. But it's okay. If you're struggling to feed your family and you're worried about your electric bills this winter, it's okay because, you know what, that 2005 Toyota Corolla is a little bit less expensive than it was last month. <laughs> that, it just makes no sense. It's so frustrating. And you know what, I, we talked about this a couple of months ago, that you're going to start looking at the year-over-year numbers, you know, prices now compared to where they were last year, mm-hmm. and they are going to have the line that inflation is coming down. Okay, and it and technically they're not completely lying, but it is disingenuous because prices are still going up. And if you compare it to two years ago, we got inflation running at like 14 percent. Yes, I've heard it put this way, especially with used cars. So you had so few used cars on the lot. Remember? Yeah, that that I mean, car dealers are looking for any sort of used cars. A lot of times you had to pay a lot more than what the car was worth. And now you can't lower the price back down or you're going to take a loss, like a massive loss. And so you could say it's come down a little person that bought that car to get it on their lot (laughs) is still not doing well from it. You might do a little better than you did a few months ago, but not as good as you would have done two years ago. Right. And that's reason for celebration. Well, they're throwing in free undercoating now. Do you get that? So going. That's a nice Thank, feature. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Way to look at the bright side, Scott. I try. I do my best. But it's that's, just because really the, ma- nice. the manager liked the way you looked when he came in, wanted to cut you a deal, okay? That's it. That's right. <laughs> you look good today, yes. Um, but one of the things we talked about yesterday, the little update, was Elon Musk with some tweets about Sir Dr. Anthony Fauci when he said, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. Yeah. Because of some things that have been that have been unearthed about suppressing different opinions when it came to COVID, when it came to vaccines. And so there was a little Q&A yesterday with Corinne Jean-Pierre um, talking about what Musk had done. We'll just pick it up and you'll you'll hear how she answers because 
what Elon Musk did was very dangerous. Okay. Uh, first of all, to, specifically to the attacks on uh, Dr. Fauci, and second, uh, how is your view of Twitter as a sort of public forum and a forum for yourself and for the president and many other officials here? How how are those views evolving? <laughs> because now it's, it's mean people on Twitter. How how are your views evolving? Because it used to be so great, and now yeah. there's mean people on there. <laughs> That say things. So look, we've been very clear about this. Uh, these attacks, these personal attacks uh, that we have been seeing are dangerous uh, uh, on Dr. Fauci and other public health professionals as well. Uh, are, they are disgusting and they are divorced from, uh, from reality. How? They never say how. No. They just make the statement. You notice well, that, Well, that's just it. There's no receipt here. No. Well, and, Why are they dangerous? Why are they dangerous? Well, and the Why? reason they can get away with that is because everybody in the White House press corps automatically accepts that as the God's honest truth, because that's what they believe. They want to hear what they believe repeated by a right. public official. Correct. I think that's absolutely right, David. Yep. And uh, we will continue to call that out and be very clear uh, about that. Again, these are incredibly dangerous, these personal attacks that we are seeing. Uh, Dr. Fauci has served under seven Republican and Democratic presidents. We Here cannot we forget that. Are you saying that he didn't lie about masks? He was saying one thing to the public while texting people something completely different? Is that what you're saying? Because you know, that's any, exactly what he did. Anytime you have to roll out the resume to counter an argument, it's awful. Yes. Awful. <laughs> but they do it. Yeah. You're right, Scott. Uh, he has given he has given uh, his almost entire career to civil, to civil service. Okay, here's the thing, too. You can talk about what an incredible public servant this guy has been, okay? When you have to read it off a sheet of paper and yeah. then try to make eye contact with the person you're talking to and then go back down, you're going to have a lot of trip-ups, okay? Because you just don't have that off the top of your head. And for the next 30 seconds, probably, you're going to hear a lot of those. Almost entire career to civil, to civil service uh, public ser as a public servant. Uh, his work on infectious disease from HIV AIDS to COVID has saved countless lives. And Not exactly well-respected in that community, yeah. though, from Not, his work there. At least initially, yeah. Cause, mm -hmm. But, I, you know, they talk about his scientific achievements. And from what I can tell, he was more of a and is more of a bureaucrat than somebody who's really doing the legwork. So I, I always ask the question when somebody says, well, he's a brilliant scientist. Okay, name one of his accomplishments. That's tough. It, I mean, see, and, and I'm not here to defend Francis Collins because what he did with NIH is really bad too. Yeah. But at least that guy could say, well, I accomplished A, B, C, D. Yeah. I'm part of all these research projects, and we figured out A, B, and C. I know that. But I don't think Fauci can do that. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he has, uh, you know, we, we are fortunate, I should say, that he has devoted his career uh, and his life uh, and his exceptional talent to the America's uh, public health, to America's public health. And that's what should be uh, discussed right now. That's what we should be thankful uh, to yes. him about. And again, these are incredibly dangerous and should be called out. I'll leave it there. He shouldn't be questioned at all. We should be Thanking him every day. Thank no. you, Lord Fauci, for your incredible servanthood. Please welcome to the stage, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Whee! That's your introduction right there, buddy. <laughs> Unreal. I love it when she gets ruffled up about stuff. I okay. Uh, meanwhile, another big piece of news. This was sad. Dave. Yeah, it is. Very sudden death of college football coach Mike Leach. Uh, died at the age of 61. 
uh, from a heart condition, they said. I mean, it was very sudden. It was the breaking news yesterday. Oh, my gosh, he's been hospitalized in critical condition. And and then you get the word today he has passed away. Um, legendary football coach, uh, Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State. Um, but I, I think one of the things that a lot of people are celebrating today is that he was a character. I mean, he had a lot of pearls of wisdom to share with people, whether it was about relationships, whether it was about the air raid offense, whether it was about Halloween candy. The guy was an open book <laughs> and one of the funniest dudes in the sports world. And so low-key about his humor, it just cracks me up even more. And this is a legendary piece of advice that he gave. Someone asked how he should approach the, the reporter was getting married in nine days. And says, yeah. you got it. Do you have any advice for the wedding day? And this, there, it's it's a little long. There's two clips here. Okay. This is legendary. Okay. Roll it. I can't wait to hear this. Well, it's so it's too late to rescue you. Uh, it's a little <laughs> late. You should have come to me sooner. Uh, when it comes to marriages, uh, the women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course, my answer was I don't care. And then, okay, time out. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. Because I, I haven't heard this before, and I don't think you have either, Scott. No. As we were talking before the show, David's like, I know this was a college football coach, and he was huge in that area, but I think this transcends especially some of the advice he gave. Yeah. And, that, and now I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. So this is hilarious, and it would freak out some people. He's sexist! <laughs> I can't wait for this to go on. And then uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. <laughs> Should we seek this this way or that, that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? Um, all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. <laughs> this has only happened to I don't know thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, so just to cut to the chase, uh, here's how you should handle this catch twenty two, this tug of war that you might be in. Okay. What you need to do is you need to work late hours, uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books, um, and in the end you'll wish you eloped. But um, uh, nevertheless, you need to find uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. And uh, but uh, take comfort in knowing that uh, once the ceremony's over. Um, that, uh, you know, life will get progressively better from there, even though there's some adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> that is legendary. Thank you. See, you know what? The world, the world does not have enough characters. Yeah. I mean, we've homogenized things so much, and you're afraid to say this, or afraid to say that, or afraid to offend. There's just very few of these guys left. Rest in and peace, And when one Mike leaves, Leach. man, you just, there's nobody to replace him, you know? Yes, I agree.
That's fantastic. Kind of like the John Kennedy of coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Something we got to get to coming up. Uh, David has a story. A woman shoots a carjacker with his own gun. With his own gun. All right. Can't wait to hear this story. That's coming up in just a few. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And special day, David. Yeah, we'll be talking to uh, David Harn from Union Gospel Mission uh, coming up here in about half an hour raising money for uh, to help get people off of the street. So we'll be hearing from him in about half an hour. Excellent. Looking forward to that as well. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. Curly. Yeah, this is, this is the, the frumpy dude who started FTX, a cryptocurrency exchange, and stole everyone's money. You know, he told investors that their money would never be gambled away in the market, except he took a bunch of that cash and threw it into another company, Alameda, and lost it. Hmm. Uh, Congress wanted to talk to him today, uh, and he told them, I'm not going to show up in person because I'm, quote, quite overbooked. Yeah, well, he's got a lot do of shows remote. to do. Yeah, well, now he's actually... i got a lot of stuff to do. I, I'm, I'm quite overbooked right now. <laughs> uh, he's been booked now. He is. Uh, he, he was arrested in the Bahamas, uh, and he's going to be sent back to the U.S. to face multiple criminal charges. Now, the SEC just filed fraud charges against him. Uh, so did the Southern District of New York, uh, which adds that he made straw donations to political candidates, basically allocating money to support politicians through other people to get around the caps on uh on donations you can give okay so a lot of people are thinking hey why not let him testify that we wanted him to answer questions yeah and that the reason to he me. got arrested is so he wouldn't have to answer the questions but other people are saying no he wasn't going to answer the questions anyway yeah he wasn't going to answer the question anyway and you got to remember every democrat on that panel that would speak to him today loved him I, if, if nothing well, else, I'm glad that they've taken these uh, these steps to arrest him and, and let actual, I mean, maybe I'm just be, being naive again, but let actual <laughs> law enforcement talk to him. At least yeah. then they're not total fanboys. Well, word is today that the uh, Biden administration is sniffing around for a replacement for Janet Yellen. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a disruptor say sniffing. In the Fed. Yeah. They're sniffing around. Well, it's Joe Vernacular. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 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 Um, is it still weird to you to hear the guy talk? Like you see his face? Yeah. Uh, right. It's not like you're expecting James Earl Jones to no. come out of his mouth, but still that voice of his. It's it's just kind of weird. He's got a it's voice. like Patrick Mahomes in reverse. You know, the first time Mahomes <laughs> yeah. was talking, it's like that voice sounds like an old man. <laughs> right. This young guy running all over the place. Yeah. It just doesn't sound right. It's the same way in reverse with Bankman Free. Kind of like that. Mm. Do we have a clip of him talking? I think we do. In line with sort of existing relationships that, that they've had, at least in some cases. Wiring and in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just strange. Sam, <laughs> and sit people... down. Sit down, Sam. Sit down. <laughs> Class will begin now. But everybody trusted him with <laughs> their piles and barrels of cash. We, we romanticize the weirdo who's smarter than we are who can make us money, right? I suppose. <laughs> oh, no. People in the halls of power knew he was a patsy. I'm convinced of that. They were getting money from that, him, though. That Right. Exactly. They said, okay, well, we know this guy's doing something illegal, but we might as well, you know, bank on it 
and make our money now. And then when we don't need him anymore, maybe we'll say after the midterms are over, ah, yeah, we'll sick the dogs on him and he'll go to prison. Scott, have you thought about, like, post-retirement? I got a couple funds. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the story about the woman that was being carjacked in Vegas. Yeah, so this apparently happened last month, but it was reported by the police yesterday. Uh, Vegas woman uh, managed to turn the tables on a carjacker when she grabbed his gun and shot him to death. Whoa! I just love feel-good stories. Uh, this happened November 19th. A woman and a friend were parked in front of a home uh, in a neighborhood on the north side of town, and another vehicle parked in front of them. Two or three men got out and forced them out of their vehicle at gunpoint. Now, one of the dudes got inside the car, but apparently had never <laughs> driven a push-to-start car before, so he didn't know how it worked. <laughs> To put so, your foot on the brake. While he's, while he's trying to figure this out, he puts... I've his, seen this a hundred times. And people, <laughs> why do you do this? As he was trying to figure this out, he puts the gun on his lap. And the woman had the presence of mind and the guts to go and grab the gun from him. And she runs off. And then he tackles her. There's a struggle. And boom, he dead. Wow. <laughs> wow. Of course, she is not facing any... Charges. No, no. That was clearly self-defense. So, yeah. Is this getting national attention? Because looking around at different places, I didn't see the I didn't city. I see work. it either. Yeah. Well, they they don't want to ever show a story about somebody using a gun to uh, protect themselves. It's crazy to me. I mean, that's a news story that people would be interested in. I, I promise you, even if they're quote anti-gun. That, I mean, that would be a feel-good story. Yeah. And some would say, well, no one wants to see somebody dead. Well, some people do, especially when they're trying to carjack a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of part of it. You want to see justice in some form. And that was that was pretty much it right there. All right. There's a lot to get to, including who said we take a backseat to no one when it comes to fighting Russia. Oh, gosh. One of our testosterone-filled leaders. I guarantee you that. Wait to see who it is. And then what's your story? What is the story that really has your attention today? All coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer, Scott Robin. Mm -hmm. Okay. We take a backseat to nobody when it comes to fighting Russia. Yeah, the White House is a little off balance with the pushback from people over the trade they did with Russia, giving them a terrorist in exchange for Brittany Griner. I think once again... They were caught off guard by the, by having any pushback. I 100% agree with that. I think it shocks them. Okay, I'm going to push back and say I disagree. Okay. The reason is because the day they announced it, they said we would have loved to have brought back Paul oh. Whelan, mm -hmm. but we couldn't. Yeah. Which was a BS excuse saying we had no choice. When you're negotiating, you always have a choice. You're saying you let Putin dictate the terms, which is exactly what they did. Mm -hmm. They were looking for the win because there was so much pressure from the LGBTQ plus alphabet gang that they succumbed to it and they did the deal. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. I, I think they knew there was some pushback coming because they were trying to get out in front of it and it still did no good. Yeah. But well, anyway, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, one of your favorites, Jamie. Oh, gosh. Was asked how this affects our efforts to pressure Russia during its invasion of Ukraine, considering the trade was so uneven. And it was basically a very nice way of saying, hey, you were just Putin's female dog in this. 
Do you have yeah. any credibility left? Honestly, I mean this because we've heard this guy speak a number of different times. Has he, in your mind, ever said anything that was either true or inspiring? <laughs> no. No. We're setting the bar low for true. Mm -hmm. It's just constantly full of crap. Well, from our perspective, if you look at the full spectrum of pressure that we've imposed upon the Russian Federation over the course of the last year, from financial sanctions to export controls to... Our Are you still talking about sanctions? Yeah. Well, it was going to cripple them, remember? Oh, yeah. It was going to be over in three months. Yeah, and, and it didn't, actually. Oh, gosh, man. There's a reason you don't play this stuff for us before the show. Right. You want the reaction. You got it. Gosh dang. To our very strong and sustained support for the Ukrainians in defense of their own homeland. We think that our record on pushing back on the Kremlin in all respects, and particularly insofar as Russia represents a threat to Ukraine and to our allies and partners, uh, is, is unmatched in recent memories. Unmatched? Okay, is he forgetting that we just traded a guy that's killed and responsible for tens of thousands of people? They're dead. We traded him, and he's already back to work. We know yeah. this. For a basketball player. Yeah. Okay. All right, but there's nobody. Unmatched. You know. Unmatched as far as pressure on no, the sure. So we take a backseat to no one when it comes to <laughs> standing up against and pushing back against Russian aggression. <laughs> I'm you just dumbfounded by these people. I, I guess that sounds good on paper, mm -hmm. but it's not true. How bad do you think this guy wants to say, and we blew up their pipelines? Maybe. We got a guy, we traded a guy called the Merchant of Death. Yeah. The Merchant of Death! Yeah. And we got a six-foot-nine-inch basketball player back. You're right. Um, hey, Jake. Remember that time uh, Orange Man Bad was president and we had the sanctions on that pipeline? And then as soon as your boss, Joe Biden, took over, they lifted the sanctions on Russia. Yeah. They, they lifted them. No one's been tougher on the Kremlin mm -hmm. than us. Gosh dang, man. <laughs> what an absolute joke Said that Jake is. Sullivan on his way to an arm wrestling match. <laughs> What is this? A trip to a middle school? <laughs> Going to see the kids today? Very magical. Middle school. That's kind of that's that's underestimating middle schoolers. You know, I'll tell you what, man. You <laughs> you take the strongest middle schoolers and Jake Sullivan in an arm wrestling contest. That's not a fair fight. <laughs> For the Jake Sullivan, yeah. I, dude, I'll bet you anything. He's he's just typical of this whole administration. They're all like this. It seems to they be all that are way. like this. You know, I don't know as far as arm wrestling. It certainly seems to be testosterone challenged. We'll put it that way. Yeah, what a freaking disgrace. You need to get some of that bottled tea stuff. District. What do you mean? That testosterone in a bottle stuff they advertise? The tea? No. Oh, I thought, you, I thought no. you meant like iced tea that's no, got no. testosterone. I'm like, man, well, I haven't you, even heard of this. You can dilute it in there too, I suppose. What are yeah. you talking about right now? I haven't even heard of this stuff before. By the way, and this isn't part of, like, what's my story for today. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But I had no idea until just recently the amount of teens taking steroids and performance enhancers. Oh, gosh. Like, a whole yeah. culture out there that I did not realize. Well, it's, it's body type affirming care. 
Good one, David. I suppose, right. yes. I don't like the way I look. I'm going to change it. it. But they don't know what it's doing to them nah. and their future as a dude. Like if they ever want to have kids, that sort of thing. But it's wild because you can make so much money off of TikTok mm-hmm. and YouTube and everything else. I had no idea that it was as big a problem as it actually is, but it's definitely out there. All right, we've mentioned this before. We're always looking for stories, and there are certain ones that may not be the biggest stories out there today, uh, but they got our attention. And that's why we do this about the same time every day. What's the story? What's the story for you today, David? Uh, This is crazy, man. Just a a weird dust-up on Fox Sports. Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless do a show together. And oh, they yeah. got into it bad, man. I thought Shannon Sharp was going to come across the desk at him. Uh, so Shannon's talking about how uh, Tom Brady isn't playing very well this year. And, well, that's actually true. Uh, Skip Bayless, though, you know, is, is, I guess, realizing Tom Brady is back on the market and wants to try to get in good with the big guy, um, comes back and says that Shannon's just jealous. So Shannon Sharp, if you don't know, I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Fame tight end, three Super Bowl rings, and... Big and strong. Yes. Apparently, uh, he is just jealous because he's not playing anymore while Tom Brady is. How many tight ends play at 45? Yeah, I, you, I heard you playing this yesterday, yeah. David. This, yeah, go ahead, roll it. This is just straight hate by a guy who's jealous that he's still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. Yeah, that's what you that's do. That's the point. That's what you do. Every time somebody, every time I call something into question, I'm jealous. No. Yeah, I did well, what I did. I never did. said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Okay. I got so three what? Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better than you. I got to see what you do. You take personal shots. No, I don't don't take personal shots. You started it. Time out. You would take a personal shot at me. I didn't take a personal shot. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Hold hold on a second. So we're listening to, again, that's Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, who almost came to blows, apparently. Who went really high there? Was that Skip? Skip? No, that that was was Shannon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We've had some dust-ups on this show, but I don't remember any quite like this. I didn't take a personal you. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You would take a personal shot. Put your glasses back on. Can I finish? You're willing to take a personal shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad this year? Well, because you you, you, dis, Go ahead. you disrespect him. It, it's just Go ahead. so. It, so you, would be, just, you know what? It's beneath your you dignity. You would disrespect me. Okay. Wow. That was good. So what was your ending take on that, David? Well, I, I think it's ridiculous, but to to say that, oh, yeah, you retired after 14 years in the NFL, and that means that you, you man down. <laughs> That's just kind of crazy. So you're taking shots at a guy you're jealous of because you couldn't play that long. That does seem to yeah, be a stretch. Just... I have to tell you, there's a hint, a hint of WWE here. Yeah. Like uh, some acting? Yeah, like this was could a be. staged event. Well, I, I think, don't know. Yeah, I mean, Skip usually plays a character. He plays a oh, part. Yeah. And I think this time he might have actually gotten under Shannon Sharp's skin. Yeah. It does happen sometimes. Skip. It's live. Skip. Skip. <laughs> you do. The, the Shannon Sharp impersonation. I forgot about that. <laughs> right. That is true. All right, Robbins, what's your story today? Well, this one comes from our friends in Canada. Canadians set a record. They're now waiting longer than ever before to see or need a specialist, obtain diagnostic procedures, or undergo surgery. 
fantastic. This year, get this, man. This year, an estimated 1,228,047 Canadians are waiting for procedures in 10 provinces. This is 3.2% of the country's population. Wow. The Fraser Institute says that in nearly 30 years, they've been documenting this, about how long it takes for patients to receive necessary medical treatment. This year's wait time is 27.4 weeks, Dang. the longest ever. You know, on top Socialized of that, medicine is great. You know who Jordan Peterson's daughter is, Michaela? If you're familiar with Jordan Peterson, intellectual, yeah. he's yeah. with Daily Wire now. He's a brilliant dude. His daughter also has a podcast. I was listening to part of it because she was in Canada, misdiagnosed. They botched a surgery. Her and another fellow Canadian were talking about how crappy the healthcare system is there and that unless you are basically dying, you don't get seen. No, You're on a wait list forever. Now, imagine if you will, you've detected a lump or you're not feeling quite right. Mm -hmm. you got to wait 27 and a half weeks to see a doctor? Yeah, it's brutal. All right. And they're worried about me wearing a mask into a restaurant. <laughs> Shut up. Um, for my story today, we'll get to it in a few minutes. It's about the city of Baltimore and someone that actually might have some answers as to the ongoing issues that are happening there. It's a really interesting story um, that we'll get to coming up in just a few. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And David, special day today. Yeah, we're uh, talking with David Harms from Union Gospel Mission, helping to get homeless people off the streets. We do it this time every single year, uh, asking you to uh, please be as generous as you can to help people start a new life. Uh, here's David now. Hey, guys. Yeah, this is uh, David with the Union Gospel Mission. And boy, I tell you, today has already been a good day as people are calling uh, and making gifts so that we can have one less tent on our streets. The Union Gospel Mission, what we do basically is we do meet basic needs. That would be meals and and those kinds of things, shoes and socks, that stuff. But really underneath it all is this desire and the need to get somebody off the street permanently. And we have a track record of doing that. 70% of men and women who complete at least one phase of our program, over a year later, they're still clean, sober, employed, and in a uh, supportive community, that's over a year after graduating or having at least one segment of our program. This is success. This is not enabling. This is not creating dependency. So the way that it works out today, as we obviously are in the holiday season, is we're trying to make sure there is one less tent on the streets through Union Gospel Missions. We have a phone number. We are asking people to call, and I'll go over the dollar amounts here, but let me give the number here as well, 888 888- Two five six forty four forty eight 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 two five six forty four forty eight. You can call that number, and let's say you give ninety nine bucks. That would be fifteen nights that you keep somebody off the street and provide every need, every meal, every everything, and into our programs that have that kind of success. I think we see somebody on the streets. We want to do something to help. We just don't know how. Well, today is how. Your gift is very important. Maybe 500 bucks. That's 75 nights off the street. Or what about almost a whole year? 2,500 bucks would do that. So the number 888-256-4448. That's 
4448. And here this hour, I'm hoping maybe 10 people jump in with some kind of gift and we can have one less tent through Union Gospel Mission. So 888-256-4448. Thanks for calling and being the first of 10 people. Thanks, David. That number again, 888-256-4448. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a little earlier we were doing What's Your Story? You're looking at different stories out there. Yeah. may not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. You thought it was good. Uh, For mine, I think it's a big deal when you're looking at kids in education, how far kids have fallen behind because of covid And then just in a lot of big cities, it was already a mess. And we've seen this culture of, you know, no one fails. They just keep pushing kids along and they never get the education they need. What do you do about that? We've also heard about Baltimore. It's just, I mean, it's worse than El Salvador as far as violence goes. When you look at the statistics and you look at so many kids there, they don't even have a chance. So I read this piece about this guy in Baltimore. His name is P.M. Smith. And he grew up in Baltimore, got an education, goes to college, gets a law degree from the University of Michigan. Felt called to come back because that was his home. Goes on a few years and then finds out, you know what? I don't think this is my purpose. I should be a pastor. Becomes a pastor and then opens a school where they actually have the old type of standards. And so I saw the interview with this guy and just thought it was an incredibly inspirational piece. And you always wonder why no one will listen to someone like this, where you actually have success in a big city with education. One of the things is the breakdown in the family. We always have to start there. No consequences here or there. So the result is going to be what? Courts, courtrooms, right? Incarceration. Yes, and we all know that, but it's never talked about. It's resources. you got to throw more money at it, all of those sorts of things. We never had enough money. It was six kids, but there was one message from my parents and from everybody in my community. Boy, you got to get your education. If you get your education, nobody can take it from you. Yes. So they asked him, well, do you think the schools were better in the 50s than they are today? Absolutely. The standard there was mastery. If you didn't master the subject matter between September and December, you repeated it. Until you got it. Of course. Yeah. Just to hear the guy speak is inspirational. Because that's the only way you affect change. You cannot do it from the outside. You can only do it from the inside. That's why he opened the school. And too many in my generation got up, got out, and did not come back. And he's doing it. Well, there's more victim, more more money in victimhood. I suppose. Yeah. But he is not only, I mean, like three times better than the Baltimore public schools, better than the state average at his school. Good for him. Take a lesson from that guy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. 
Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It does seem like all of a sudden Elon Musk is arch enemy number one of the left, where he used to be a hero because of Tesla. Electric cars, it's the future, man. Yep. Well, Elon were, Musk is the devil. They were going out and supporting him. That's the irony. And they're, now. They were all going out buying Teslas. Now he's the worst human being ever. Oh, yeah. Goodness gracious. So you've seen all this push toward electric vehicles, of course. Scott, I think you lovingly call it the green weenie stuff. Well, they are. It's the green weenie club, yes. Well, and you have a lot of people on the left saying, yes, a full, well, not steam ahead, just a, yes, moving forward. <laughs> right. Okay. And then you have unions that also traditionally vote Democratic. Yeah. Well, this kind of came back around and bit some people. And it didn't get a whole lot of attention. I saw a piece about it in the Wall Street Journal talking about the climate industry policy is costing well over 1,300 jobs at a plant in Illinois. Yeah, Stellantis. You familiar with Stellantis? No, I'm not. I'm saying it right. It formed through the merger of Francis PSA Group and Italian-American Fiat Chrysler. Oh. So they needed to come up with money to finance the more than $35 billion it plans to invest in electric vehicles over the next few years. Okay? So they're looking at a plant of theirs that makes uh, Jeep Cherokees in Belvedere, Illinois. Yeah. Said, yeah, we're going to do away with those jobs. Oh, my. Yep. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've got to put our money into the electric vehicles. These Jeep Cherokee. By, two, by 2035, we're not even going to be able to sell those. You know, have you ever seen a group of people so willing to loan money to people, millions, billions of dollars on an unproven market? Uh, uh, I, well, not that I've paid attention to it all my I life, mean, but when you bring it up, I, I find it really fascinating. The, the banks, I mean, and just willing to just write checks to these people and go, okay. Well, one, probably the biggest reason is because uh, they tend to be more expensive than traditional vehicles. Yeah. Uh, and also, they're getting a ton of federal cash to do this. They're getting a bunch of subsidies. They're getting tax write-offs. I mean, it's a, it's a big industry, big moneymaker for them right now. And when you look at the most popular cars on the road right now, a lot of them are not being made in America mostly. So they think, okay, well, if we can open up a plant here, we get the good press because Biden's going to come here and talk about how green jobs, good paying union jobs, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. They get massive amounts of cash from the federal government as long as Democrats are in charge. And, uh, and well, yeah, so you know where that came from. <laughs> it's, it's almost hilarious to say, except it's also maddening, the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. Of course. So it's crazy. Well, I mean, that makes sense. That's a make sense explanation. Because yeah. I look around, I say to myself all the time, this is an unproven, yeah. nobody even knows how this is all going to work or if it will work. Well, now. Well, but here's $35 billion. Well, there's a lot of the automakers, too, that are using the profits from gas powered SUVs and trucks to subsidize electric vehicles yeah. that are losing money. Because right, right now, you can argue they're losing money. Yeah, and I, and I think, and, and you know, Uncle Joe's going to show up with a big old check to make sure that they don't lose too much money. And I think the most telling thing when you look at the, the market of the future of cars, electric versus hybrid versus gas-powered, one of the most, I guess, one of the perfect examples of why I don't think you should bet long on electric vehicles in general is yeah. 
looking at what Toyota is doing. I mean, Toyota on the leading edge Dude. of fuel efficiency and hybrid technology, they are not investing massively in the electric car because they say there isn't going to be a market for it. Right. And if and Toyota being one of the hottest brands in the world for vehicles, if they're not betting heavily on it, I wouldn't bet heavily on it. No, man. It's they're they're going into hydrogen powered vehicles. Yes, that seems to be the future. We talked about this two or three months ago. Electric vehicles is not going to be quote green. It's not green. Not like hydrogen. And you're a little ways away from that, but by the time everyone catches up, it's like, oh, yeah, electric vehicle. And then you realize how much it's actually going to cost. It'll be unveiling to hydrogen. You know, I guess in the simplest form, would you say it's like, well, it was VHS and then it was DVD and then it's just streaming. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're behind on that, you're going to lose. It's just part of what it is, except the stakes are much bigger. Nissan really needs to get on that hamster wheel technology. Something. Yeah. But the United Auto Workers was denouncing what just happened here for laying off all well, these workers sure. in Belvedere, Illinois. You voted for this, you knucklehead. Well, they said not allocating new product to plants like Belvedere is unacceptable. That was Ray Curry, UAW president. Yeah. Well, Ray, where'd your money go? And a lot of Who people, did you support? including the Wall Street Journal, saying, what did he expect? The union well, exactly. backed stricter fuel economy mandates. And the IRA subsidies, even though through its own studies showed the shift to EVs could cost thirty five thousand jobs. Yeah. I mean they used, You know that. They used your money. Yeah. They got elected and yeah. now they're gonna screw you. Yes. So that's part of it. So that story's out there. Don't know if you saw this. Trump or Biden in twenty twenty four. Yeah. If you believe polling, you know what polling says? Neither. Right. Yeah. I think that's what we all would have guessed, right? I think so at this point. Yeah. It, it's so bizarre to me that Trump launches his presidential campaign, tried to get some fanfare going, and even, you know, conservative media, you know, we kind of paid attention to it, but it wasn't anything, like, groundbreaking because you kind of assumed it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then he hasn't really done any events. And I understand the election's two years away almost, but... You know, you would think if you really wanted to try to get out in front of things, you would be trying to show, especially when there are questions about your viability within the Republican Party, you would want to be getting out there and making that argument. But he's not right now. David. I'm, it's true. He's not. Yeah. What do you say, Scott? I agree with David. <laughs> Hell. No, I do. Scott? No, sorry. I do. What percentage of Republicans do you think, according to this poll, do not want Trump to run again? This isn't everybody. This is just Republican voters. I would say generally the hardcore support has been around 35 percent for like seven years. So I would guess 65 percent. Don't want him to run Don't again. want him to run. I want to say 48 percent. It's 37 percent. Hmm. Then you have 61 percent of independents, 88 percent of Democrats. Well, for Biden, <laughs> okay, okay, we'll just play this game out. What percentage of Democrats do not want Biden to run again? 60, the current sitting president. 62%. David? Yeah, I'll go with 65 again. It's 57. Huh. But still, there's more Democrats half. that don't want Biden to run than Republicans that don't want Trump to run.
But when you look at the overall numbers with everybody, right. you know, like, well, neither. Rather have somebody new there. Um, did see that someone in the Biden administration has lost their job. Yeah. It can happen. It can. We weren't sure it has finally happened. You have to be charged with two felonies in order to get it done. Um, okay. So that puppy play bondage dude who Biden put in charge of handling, handling nuclear waste uh, has been fired for stealing women's luggage on at least two occasions. Uh, puppy daily. play bondage dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he likes. He likes puppy play and he likes bondage. Yeah, he does. Um, and stealing women's luggage, evidently. Uh, so Sam Brenton, he is no longer a Department of Energy employee. Uh, the Department of Energy is not giving out any more details because of, well, personnel matters, of course, you understand. Um, and we know Brenton had been celebrated by the left and many in the media for being the first openly gender-fluid person in a federal government position who also liked puppy play and bondage and stealing women's luggage. Yeah. 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 Now, I, I mean, the puppy play and the bondage, whatever you do in your private time is that. He just happened to put that out in the public because yeah, he was so proud. That it, this is something that you need to be proud of, okay? And you need to accept it. Well, no, I think it's freaking weird, okay? That's fine. If you want to do freaking weird things, that's all right. But I'm not going to make you an icon for doing that. Uh, I, I do want to play this audio, though, real quick, just to give sure. you a sense of how funny this guy is. Uh, this glowing profile that Playboy did of him, they did an interview with him. You look very confused, Scott. I didn't know Playboy did an interview with him, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right, roll it. I find freedom to be a beautiful concept. Many of my friends say that sometimes I'm a little too free. Mm -hmm. I tend to be yeah. myself. The power of freedom is that ability to be oneself isn't necessarily hindered, but is rather celebrated. I'm a gender fluid individual who walks the halls of Congress. Talk about the power of being free every day to hear my stilettos click on those marble floors and yet know that I deserve to be in that room just as much as anybody else. <laughs> like some lady in Wisconsin is going, hey, those are my stilettos. Right. <laughs> you know... There is glass on the floor today because he becomes the first non-binary LGBTQ person to ever get fired by the Biden administration. That's true. That's never happened. You yeah. know what? That is true. Yes. So a pioneer again. Again, twice. Yes, that is true. Well said, Scott. All right. Much more to get to. Um, well, this was also Wall Street Journal. Why heart attacks rise during the holiday season. And good news for you, Scott. There is a soft rock documentary okay. on it. All Seriously, right. coming out. You want to hear about it. Coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did see this in health news today. Why heart attacks rise during the holiday season from the Wall Street Journal. And for those that don't know, Scott Robbins had more back-to-back heart attacks in 2015. Yep. Lucky to be here. He was out for 40 minutes. He died. Yep. Came back. It's a crazy story. We've documented it several times, but it's it's still amazing when you think about it. Yeah, hey, in the movie, John Fetterman's going to play me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think it is around the holidays? Well, it's a number of different things why there is a spike in heart attacks and heart-related medical problems. Um, it's a disruption to routine, diet, and sleep usually. 
Um, one big problem is people are less likely to seek medical care and more likely to forget to take medications, mm. sometimes because your schedule's off. Or you might say, you know, I'll just wait until after the holidays and I'll go get it checked out then. Yeah, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. No, you don't. You got it checked out last week and you're all right. Oh, I was fine, but it's just, you just you get used to hearing your body, you know. I mean, if something doesn't feel right or it's funky, then hey, better late than never, right? Yes. Okay. And then it talks about changes in diet, indulgent holiday meals, especially ones high in salt, continue or contribute to heart issues. And okay, so that's fine. But you're thinking, okay, one meal? Is that yeah. that big a deal? Right. And I see this sentence one salty, unhealthy meal can be enough to trigger symptoms and excessive fluid buildup. It's a doctor quoted in the story. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, no. Now, it depends on your baseline and where you're at already. Right. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But again, I was like, what are you doing? Eating the entire ham? Some people really get after it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, I haven't had this type of food for so long, so I'm going to binge on it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's one time. Because a lot of times, if you're seeing a health professional, they'll say, hey, listen, you got to live a little. You know, if it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas dinner or whatever, you know, you want to have, you know, whatever it is that you usually stay away from, that's okay. And they would say moderation. But according to this, wow. And yeah, more cardiac deaths happen on December 25th, 26th, and January 1st than any other days of the year. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I knew there was more, but wow. Yeah. So just thought that was interesting. Yep. Should pass it along. Put down the salt shaker. Again, man, I don't think it's so much the extra salt from a salt shaker. A lot of times it's processed foods, foods yeah. and a high sodium. Yep. They're talking more than, well, if you salt everything, I suppose that's a deal. But you add a little extra salt, that's not a big a deal as, say, eating prepackaged meals, the frozen ones. And I'm glad you don't do that, Scott. I don't salt anything. That's true. Or you're going to stop immediately, is that it? No, I don't salt anything, I said. I didn't right. say I didn't eat stuff with salt in it. I just said I don't salt anything. Right, but you eat a lot of those frozen ones, and we're all going to shame you into no longer doing that. Right, David? I don't know, man. I don't want to do anything that contributes to his high blood pressure. Dude, us giving him some tough love is much better than him pop another one of those mm-hmm. from the freezer into no. the oven. Mm-hmm. Why I doubled up on the meds. <laughs> <laughs> Here, you want some better news? Yeah. I did see this, no joke. And where's this coming to? It's one of the streaming services. Oh, it's Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. It's coming January 3rd. There is a new soft rock documentary. And you like some of the soft rock stuff from the 70s and things like that. So this looks right up your alley. Okay. And if you've been rocking too hard with, you know, the blood pressure and everything else, you might want to slow it down a little. And I actually found a trailer for it. You did not. I promise you I did. This is not a joke. This is not some joke audio. This is real. All right. Okay. Those songs are so good. For the first time, witness the soft rock revolution. This is like a movement. Don't miss the three-part documentary event that goes behind the rain. These men, they're not afraid to sing about their feelings the ruin hippies were out anger was in the whole genre started to cave in on itself and the resurrection of soft rock there's a reason those songs are still here 50 years later they tend to stand the test of time sometimes when we touch streaming january 3rd exclusively on paramount plus sometimes when we touch (laughs) yes
That's great. Is that awesome? The honesty is too much. Yes. <laughs> Artists profiled include Hall and Oates. Okay. So you're a fan. I like Hall and Oates, yeah. Kenny Loggins. I like Kenny Loggins. Lionel Richie. I'm okay with Lionel. There's at least five songs. Yeah. Air Supply. Well, okay. A few you really like. Uh, Lost in Love. I like that one, yeah. Michael McDonald. <laughs> you like Michael McDonald. Yes, I do. The Carpenters. Well, easy. I don't I don't think Not you're a as Carpenters big of a fan, no. Christopher Cross. I saw him live in concert. <laughs> and yes. more. Yeah. Tell me you wouldn't watch that. Oh, I'll watch it. Yeah, of course I'll watch it. <laughs> of course I'll watch it. Well, when I brought it up, you got all Well, I thought you were going to. I don't off. know where I thought you were going to go with this, but anyway. No, I wasn't making I it up. I thought there was That's more real thing. mocking involved. Yes. No, I think they're saying that these guys were not afraid to just put their feelings out there in the song. And they did it. And they stand the test of time, much like you, Scott. Thank you very much. <laughs> just call me Soft Rock. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day would be what? Uh, one of them is that Sam Bankman Freed guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting charged for fraud. This is the guy behind the big cryptocurrency exchange FTX who stole a bunch of people's money. Uh, says I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I bleeped up. That's what he keeps saying. Uh, it I don't is, think I should go to jail. It, it is yeah, kind of interesting up. that on the same day that he's been arrested in the Bahamas and he's facing criminal charges now, uh, it's not related, but it was just kind of funny that there was a big evidence warehouse in New York City that went up in flames. Really? You see that? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a weird coincidence, isn't it? It'd be a shame if there was a fire there. <laughs> that building. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Wow. Get to that and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Title 42 is going to end, and then you think we have a border crisis now? Holy cow. How, how are we even quibbling over this? How well, is it? I don't think we are quibbling over it because legacy media is just ignoring it. That, they it, don't even talk about it. I mean, did you see the videos out of El Paso? I know you mentioned it yesterday, Jamie, that like over 9,000 yes. people crossed. I mean, dude, it is a nonstop stream of people coming across the border. It's over 12,000 people in the last 48 hours. Yeah, and, and, and Democrats are actually still talking about a massive amnesty program as one of the top priorities moving forward. And even the mention of that drives up the numbers we know this that's just a fact that if you start talking about amnesty bad people and human trafficking organizations uh come out of the woodwork and say see you, if you get there they're going to make you a citizen dude and now they have a ride from mexican police right yeah like the worst yes. the criminals yeah mexican the sex police offenders uber drivers the now. murderers yeah they're giving them a ride right to the other side of el paso there, you want to cross right here. Need a lift. Just get out of our country. You're bad people. Yeah. Go there. We got enough problems. Yeah. Remember when Trump said they're not sending their best? Oh, he's racist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy cow, man. That was crazy. But, yeah, I mean, and remember, the thing about Trump, when he was talking to Mexico saying, you better stop it. Okay? You better get your own security up around the border to help with this. And he laid down some threats, and it happened. Mm -hmm. And we're just welcoming people right now. Holy cow. Man, you go back to that. 
when he was talking about illegal immigration, and he was one of the very few people talking about it in 2015. They were laughing at him, saying, this isn't, this isn't even something people are concerned with. What is all of this about? Wow, man. By the way, where is the border czar? I mean, Title 42 is coming to an end. We haven't heard from her. No, because everything is happening just the way they want it. Isn't that her responsibility? Of course it is. Yes. To at least confront it and at least explain to us why we shouldn't be worried? Well, not confront it. you got to find out the root causes, right. don't you well, remember? Okay. But this is crazy. It's like everybody involved with the titles under their names don't do whatever the title says they're supposed to do. That's very frustrating. Transportation secretary. Ha! Ha! Where's he been, by the way? Who knows? I don't know. Flying around in a jet. I, I don't know what he's doing. Oh, by I, the way, before we move on, you've seen how many times he has taken the private yeah, jets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's just, I mean, it, to say it's hypocritical, of course it is. Did you see the graphic Tucker Carlson used last night, by the way? For what? Boothead Edge sitting on the plane on the top of it. I did not see that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like straddling it. Yeah. Like a cowboy on a horse. Yeah. But I thought, I thought he loved trains, right? When, when that, that I, supposed me to... too, David. I don't know. He said he I rode a train once in college, and that's why know. he was in line to be the transportation secretary. Yeah. But then threat of a rail strike, he's nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Yeah. No, it's, it's something, man. Okay, moving on. Yes, Sam Bankman-Fried has been charged for defrauding investors. Yeah. What's going to happen to this guy, David? Uh, well, I think he's going to have a very unfortunate accident while in prison awaiting trial. Mm. That crossed my mind as well. Because I mean, he could do a lot of damage to a lot of people. A lot of powerful well, people that got wrapped up in this nonsense. You know, yeah. so this guy, he had the FTX crypto exchange and... Uh, stole it by ta- uh, stole a lot of money by taking it and putting it into his other ha- his other failing company and just defrauded a ton of people, and you know again when when you have someone on Reddit who's able to say hey I think this is not on the up and up you should not invest in this but federal regulators are looking the other way over the last two almost three years I don't buy it I think they wanted they wanted the cash because he was a big donor to Democrats. Um, mm-hmm. And also, if it all comes crashing down, well, you know, regulators really hate cryptocurrency, so it would dissuade people from investing in this decentralized currency. Um, So I think there are a lot of motivations there for people to look the other way. Uh, That being said, I mean, if this guy's a patsy, which I believe he is for a lot of very powerful people, we could be in a situation where he starts talking about naming names when he realizes that nobody's going to come bail him out. Well, just from watching him talk in the last couple of weeks, did you have the sort of reaction that would say, holy smokes, I can't believe this guy is talking as much as he is right now. Yeah. Did a lawyer tell him to shut his mouth? Oh, yeah, and then, then he told the lawyers to go bleep themselves. Yes. Th- th- his words. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, yeah, I can see where that guy would be talking a lot. We'll see what happens. Do you remember switching gears to Elon Musk and Twitter when he was taking over talking about how many people were going to be fired and the backlash from legacy media? How you fire this many people? How is it going to run? Yeah. yeah. Who's going to run it? <laughs> well, yes, he fired like two thirds of the workforce. And well, according to him, the number of new Twitter users and the amount of time users spend on the site has increased under his leadership. 
So they really haven't missed a beat. Now, apparently, others in Silicon Valley have taken notice. And CEOs, begrudgingly following his lead, and are firing people. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's kind of wild. There's a piece of Daily Wire. This dude named Gavin Baker, he is a management chief investment officer, said that the fact that Twitter is running well with headcount down significantly really matters. And that these executives are begrudgingly admiring Musk for what he's doing. And then cited an email from a venture-funded manager dismissing employees and explaining that only top performers would be permitted to keep their posts. Which is exactly what Musk said when he took over Twitter. Uh, The Baker dude went on to say, we will start hearing lighter is faster and references to small teams being superior to large teams to get things done quicker. And, yeah, I think we'll probably see that. How did Elon Musk respond to this? Three words. Nature is healing. Yeah. (laughs) Dude's cracking me up, man. Uh, it's a fun ride right now, anyway. We'll see where that goes. Um, and you probably heard this news. You know, the failing New York Times does a most stylish people list every year. And you know who made it? One John Fetterman. Oh. Golly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uncle Fester with a Carhartt is <laughs> somehow fashionable now. The hoodie, though, I mean, you remember... I mean, it made him the everyman. Very relatable. He's not the every. He's never been the everyman. Never once a day in his privileged life. Mom and dad paid the bills. He lived with him until he's 36. Has no success story of his own. None. Not even as the mayor of a little town. Scott. This guy is a fraud from day one. Scott, your blood pressure. Golly. Oh, now he's, be- what just, is he, best dressed, most fashionable? Yeah, what is it? Most stylish. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, you know, also, he is uh, going to be in a Netflix movie appearing alongside Chris, uh, Christian that. Bale. Yeah. One more reason to get rid of Netflix. He and, his, he and his wife have a uh, cameo in this new movie. Of course, the wife, yeah. Well, yeah, the wife does. Well, shit, I mean. absolutely. <laughs> She's the one who can, you know, calm him down when he gets startled by loud noises and bright lights. <laughs> dang. <laughs> That guy couldn't walk into a job interview dressed like that and get the job. There's no way. Well, Hold on a second. I think you're selling him short, man. No, I'm not. No, he could be president. <laughs> no, he can't. Katie Tor from MSNBC I... said okay. so, Scott. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> there's some. But, <laughs> just a few. But I just, you know... It, it, what he did in the in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes it makes you wonder about his future. Yeah. You know, can yeah. you imagine him sitting with Putin the first time and somebody just drops a porcelain water pitcher? <laughs> and he just freaks out. <laughs> that, yeah, because just for the backstory, yeah. not just picking on a stroke victim here. but Right. No, no. That was what his campaign actually they, said. They said that. Yeah, yeah. The reason they didn't want to do a bunch of debates against Dr. Oz is because he was startled by loud, loud noises and, 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 you know, bright lights. Yeah. And yes. so he couldn't do it. So, I mean, I mean, but then again, I mean, he is going to be senator. 
Yes. The first human bowl of gazpacho in the United States Senate. It's pretty interesting. Holy cow. And doesn't he wear that Carhartt to cover up whatever's growing out of his neck? Yeah, he's got this weird... I don't know what that's from. Lump thing, yeah. Organically grown bowling balls. I. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a Steelers fan, but he switched. You know yeah. his team now. Eagles! Did you, right, yeah. Did you see there was a meme? It shows uh, Russell Wilson being taken out of the game because he's got this knot on his forehead. And it says, you get taken out of a game for this bump. And then it's a picture of John Fetterman's lump on his neck. And it says, you can put him in the Senate if you have this lump. This bump. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's true. He'd have to go under the tent if he played in the NFL. <laughs> Where's he at on fracking today? He's just I don't curious. Know. Okay. Um, much more to get to. Uh, oh, by the way, another update on Twitter, because they cleaned out so many employees, they're actually auctioning off espresso machines and lounge chairs and other employee toys. Awesome. So you might be able to get a good deal right now. Oh. We got that list to run down. Um, also, young people are finding out that nutcrackers actually crack nuts. They're a thing. Wow. That they, they did not know that. We'll get to that as well. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And a big day today, David. Yeah, it is. As we do about this time every year, we talk to David Harms from Union Gospel Mission, helping get homeless people off the streets. And it all starts with a meal. And we're asking for your generosity today. Uh, well, it's how they go about it and yeah. always have Union Gospel Mission. That's why it's so successful. Right. And it is about accountability and help, not enabling yeah. addiction, things like that. So here is uh, David Harms from Union Gospel Mission. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, we've got something pretty special here as we work to kind of come alongside those that are on our streets in a way that really does help them get off the street. This is not enabling. This is not creating dependence. But we do start with something basic like a meal and some shelter. We call this campaign One Less Tent because if we do it right, and we do at Union Gospel Mission, if I may be so bold, 70% of those who complete at least one phase of our program remain employed, uh, off the streets, and in a supportive community, and clean and, and sober over a year after completing just one segment of our program. So this works. Here's the thing that's happening, though, right now as we ask you to give. We do have a friend that put up a double match, $2,500 here, uh, but it's got to be done this hour. That does not leave us a lot of time. So I'll give the phone number, and then I'll kind of backfill some information. You can call 888-256-4448. That's 888-256-4448. And let's say you give $100. Uh, that's going to be 15 nights of shelter and all the food they would need and care. 15 for $99, basically. Go on up. We've got $2,500 to match. Maybe you can do $500. That's 75 nights. Do the whole thing. I haven't even done the math there to know what that is, but but it's $6.61 for a night of shelter and care with every meal provided and everything. So we're going to ask those that are listening to jump in and make a call. Be generous this holiday season, and let's have one less tent on the streets tonight. The number again to call is 888 256 4448. The giving now is part of a double challenge. So twice as much, up to $2,500, but not a lot of time to get there. So we've got plenty of operators. Please call 888 256 
888-256-4448. That's 888-256-4448. This is David Harms with Union Gospel Mission. That number, I'll give it out one more time, 888-256-4448. Scott Robbins. Well, we were talking about Twitter auctioning off a bunch of stuff because two-thirds of the workforce got fired. And I don't know if you saw this. Twitter has reinstated Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the oh. lefties are freaking out right now. There's a dangerous time to be on social media. Nah. You know, and there's a few versions of this story, but if you remember these guys, they were booted off Twitter because Malone had shared a video that said Pfizer's vaccines cause more harm than good. And McCullough received his own suspension after he questioned the effectiveness of the vaccines. Oh. We talked about it at the time. We played clips at the time. Uh, on with Rogan. Yeah. And you, you go on, and then you forget, and I remember this at the time, Malone has approximately 100 scientific publications and has served on various government committees. He holds numerous patents in the fields of gene delivery, delivery formulations, and vaccines including for fundamental DNA and RNA slash mRNA vaccine technologies used in COVID-19 vaccines. You know, the medical degree from Northwestern Feinberg School of Medicine, on and on, and McCullough, former vice chief of internal medicine at Baylor University Medical Center, a leading cardiologist. Quacks! Yeah. <laughs> like, the, their opinion doesn't matter no, because it doesn't. it doesn't fit with the narrative, nope. so they're, they're back on Twitter. And they're dangerous. But it, dangerous to who? Well, to the people that are selling you this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So I mentioned some of the things that Twitter is auctioning off. They don't need it so much because the workforce is lower. And so <laughs> Heritage Global Partners, it's a company that conducts auctions for downsizing businesses, is going to have all this stuff. You've got, uh, what is it, Lar Marzacco Espresso Machines? Rotosol rotisserie ovens, commercial blenders and grinders, refrigerators, grills and griddles, fryers, brazing pans, pizza ovens. Um, then there's electronics and furniture available for auction, including Apple computers and monitors. There's Google Jamboards, NEC projectors, phones, speaker phones, soft seats, furnishings, hundreds of office chairs, even uh, these stationary bikes used to charge electronics. All this stuff going up for auction. And if you've ever seen the video for one of these ladies who would say, here's what my day at work at Twitter looks like and goes through her day, it's unbelievable. It's it's all naps and snacks. It's like a never-ending vacation. It's daycare. Very much so, yes. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, a lot going on. Where do you want to start? Well, okay, so we got this uh, new economic news today, the final inflation report of the year. And uh, Biden is trying to do a victory lap saying, hey, you know, used car prices went down, inflation's slowing. What we're doing is 
working. <laughs> you find you find some sector and you just cherry pick something from Yeah. It. Hey, gas prices have been coming down. That's good. Yeah, the price of oil spiking again. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it is. But, but whatever. No, we're not going to worry about that. Yeah, yeah, see, we're, everything we're doing is working fine. I love the way that Yahoo Finance actually uh, uh, framed this because they want to say, well, it, inflation didn't increase at a rate that was expected, and therefore it's great news. Like, that's not actually great news. But... They say, you know, not all inflation news was good. Huh. There was one area where, man, it really did jump up quite significantly. Huh. It was that this little thing you may not have heard about it. Groceries. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, like, groceries jumped 12% in November. That little thing that everybody needs to buy to live. Right. Oh, yeah, not all great news. You know, those groceries have gone up significantly again. But hey, yeah. Well, you know, the money you saved on that 05 Camry will right. Right. balance it Who's, out. Right? Who is out yeah. there going, yeah. man, you know what? I to make ends meet, I think we're gonna have to we're, we're gonna have to go to a food bank probably because we can't afford groceries. But the good news is that uh yeah, my Camry is uh is a little bit cheaper now. Right. Who's who's making that decision? Find me that person. Yeah. This is very frustrating on a number of different levels. And this is a different story, but it's still frustrating. This was out of the Wall Street Journal talking about the battle over work and welfare. Because you had what happened during the pandemic. Where you've got all these different payouts to people for not working. You know, in a number of different ways. So... It was only supposed to happen while there was a pandemic emergency, right? But here we are extending the national public health emergency for no purpose other than to expand the welfare rolls. Remember when Biden said the pandemic was over in September at the auto show in Detroit? Right. Yeah, but it's not because Health and Human Services said it plans to extend the emergency until at least mid-April. Yeah. So Medicaid funding, yeah, you know, food stamps, whatever you want to call it, SNAP, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. You take Georgia, for instance. Hey, you got to work, okay? If if you're going to be eligible, you can't be able-bodied. If you're able-bodied, you can go work. There's got to be something that happens as far as you going and doing something to get benefits if you're able-bodied. That's the way it should be. Right? Yeah. I think most people would agree with that. Most people do, yes. Except progressives. Right. Well, they're trying to deter different Republican states from imposing work requirements by talking about the costs of compliance. Saying, you know, the systems that are being set up for work requirements are very costly to implement. (laughs) Now you're worried about the cost of what it takes to run a government agency? Right. It's unbelievable. Okay. No. Part of it is, listen, I know you may sound like Old Man River to talk about, okay, there's dignity in work, but there is. That's, follow the science, look at the research. That's a real thing. I had somebody tell me one time, and this is always true, and I know I've said to you guys before, but you don't wash a rental car. It's like if you own something, a pride in it, you purchased it yourself, it was your own toil and work that got it done, right? Yes. I mean, there is a dignity attached to it. But you have so many more people now than 2019 that are on food stamps. 
that are getting money. It You're almost paid to not work. And we're always scratching our heads saying, holy cow, man, how can it be all these able-bodied people not working when you have all of these companies looking for workers yeah. all the time? Well, that's the way the administration wants it. And it's freaking frustrating on a number of different levels. Okay. So you got some polling out there, David, as far as Trump. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Is this good or bad for Trump? Uh, it's bad for Trump. Oh. It is. Uh, now, again, you never know. I, I want to I start off from the jumping point of just saying, look, polls have not always been all that trustworthy. And sometimes it does seem like people want to release polls that shape a certain narrative in order to meet some sort of end. Right. We love David. And I'm well, I think there might be an element of truth just based on my personal conversations David. in my personal life. That a lot of Republicans are, they're not mad at Trump. It's just like, we're done. You know, thanks for everything, but we got it. We got to have somebody else uh, going in there. They're going motley on him. A, a little bit, yeah. Don't go away mad. Just go away. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, so right now. James. No, I'm just saying that's just a little motley reference. No, I, you got a point. I mean, I, you really do. Yeah. yeah. By, Scott? No, don't start. <laughs> they say by a two to one margin. Uh, Republicans and Republican-leaning voters now say they want Trump's policies, but a different standard bearer to carry them. 31% want the former president to run. 61% say, hey, I I want someone else who has the same vision that Trump had running. Yeah, I totally understand that. It's the personality, not the policies. The policies were good. People love the policies. Yes. But Trump, as a brand, has become so toxic, I think a lot of people are getting uh, a little worried about whether or not, one, could he win? I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Sure. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Now, now again, this is based on, what is it, the, the Republican and Republican leaning? 374 people. So I don't okay. know. I don't know how stark the numbers are in reality, but I do think that that backs up what I've heard just in life. I mean, you look, and of course, Ron DeSantis. I'm the same. And, and you know what, David? We did it too uh, on Facebook. People <clears throat> reached out to Scott. Yeah. On our Facebook page, it was sort of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, of course, DeSantis gets gets brought into the picture, and DeSantis actually is running ahead of Joe Biden. Uh, Trump is running behind Joe Biden. In a theoretical matchup, so again, they like the Trump, but they want they like the Trump policies. They just kind of don't want to have the Trump anymore. That's what it seems like. Yeah, I think the Democrats have shown themselves to be much more afraid of DeSantis than Trump. Yeah. It's like they want Trump to run at this point. Okay, totally different story. This out of the Boston area. What is the story, David? Dude, this is crazy. Okay, so there's this okay. library. Uh, Let me start here. A member of a suburban Boston Human Rights Commission has now quit after she lost her mind over a Christmas tree. So this is in the town of uh, Dedham, Massachusetts. And here's how it went down. The manager of the local library wondered why a Christmas tree wasn't going to be put up this year. She said, when I asked, I was told, quote, unquote, people were made uncomfortable last year looking at the Christmas tree. She says, I'm sorry, what? In my 28 years at the public library, I've never heard a negative comment. It goes back to what uh, Scott always brings up. When people, when someone says, P- 
people are saying, yeah, they, yeah, they're not. it's kind of a red flag. Well, I, I want not names, always, but, but but no. I mean, if somebody says that to me, I'm like, okay, give me ten names, yeah. eight names. Let me know. Let me call them. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, people. So then, according to Human Rights Commissioner Diane Loud, that was hateful rhetoric, and the rant that she put up on Facebook is insane. Okay. Uh, called the librarian a selfish bleeping bee uh, for a tree, for a mother bleeping tree. You have put people's lives in a lot of danger, a lot of danger by defending a Christmas tree, by saying, hey, uh, people like the Christmas tree. All right. See, this is the thing, right? And then, the life's in danger thing gets tossed out there all the time. It yeah. doesn't mean it. Life's well, in danger for putting up a Christmas tree. Hold on a second. How so? So what she's saying is, I want to make sure that I get this straight, that because this person said uh, people like the tree. Yeah. That was putting people in danger? Yes. Yes. How? I don't know. They never explained that. <laughs> Blood pressure. I Got don't it. know. Blood pressure. Oh, they, she Like an on. ornament falls on your head and <laughs> cuts you. Or, I, I don't know what it means. I think, are they trying to say the Christians then would be upset and they would be... And they would go after, I mean... like. A marauding mob with swords drawn. Yeah, burning down houses. And, you know, Is this what's going to happen? Pillaging the village? Yeah. She writes, or she went on to say, I hope you know the fact that you, who claim to believe in Christ and Christmas or whatever happy horses you're trying to hide behind, are the least gracious, most hateful, most disgusting trash of the world. Is this what you think your magic sky daddy wants? Where in the Bible was this again? In closing, I would like to add a bleep you, you pieces of trash. I hate each and every one of you, and I do wish great suffering on you. You are terrible, terrible people, and you did it all because you didn't get your way. You are despicable. By the way, her, her, her kid uh, came to the conclusion that he was trans at the age of 13. If that illuminates what kind of psychopath mm. we're dealing with here. Got it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you think... <laughs> you know where my mind goes all the time when I hear about crazy people like this? Where? Some dude is probably with her. Mine goes with the opposite. Oh, no dude is with her? <laughs> yes. Somebody is. Somebody is. I guarantee it. Well, a lot of times, man, it, it's... And if it is, it's a guy that's very unhappy. I had well, no other option. Of course he is. It's one of those situations. I mean, he goes to work you with a wonder, noose around man. his neck. But geez. You wonder. You know, was it, you know, did you go to church somewhere when you were a kid? I don't and know what happened. hurt your feelings? Right, because that is I don't know what so happened. vile and off the hook. Oh. I mean, it's crazy. It makes more sense when you realize that it is a radical religion that a lot of these people follow. Yeah. Though the wokeism is totally yeah, a religion. It's a, it's a religion, and it's radicalized. I mean, that's they. you must agree with them, or else you are putting people's lives in lives danger. It's emotional terrorism. I mean, it's it the same approach yes. that abusive yes. spouses use to keep people under yeah. their control. Yep. It is. You know, I don't know if you want this now. I can tell you this story coming up. Cambridge Dictionary. The definition of woman has officially changed. <laughs> of course it has. Okay, yeah, okay, we'll be, we can get to that. It's, listen, and of course, if you're going to be teaching kids in school what a woman is, you'd go to the Cambridge Dictionary, right, for what they determine a woman is.
<laughs> you could be a woman in five minutes, Scott. We'll explain. <laughs> the Mark, virtual. <laughs> coming right up. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I just keep thinking over and over and over. You just got to seek the truth. You just got to keep going after, well, what is the truth in any given situation? Uh-huh. Because it's crazy town all over the world. Well, yeah. Cambridge Dictionary, new definition of woman. Here we go. Are you ready? Yep. An adult who lives and identifies as female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. And then they have it in a sentence. She was the first trans woman elected to a national office. Or Mary is a woman who was assigned male at birth. Can, can you read that definition again? Real yeah, quick? no kidding. Yeah. An adult who lives and identifies as female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. May have been said to have no. a different. So well. what, like the the doctor just kind of got it wrong? Like, do, the, was it a rumor that this person had a penis when they were born? No, the, we've heard different people say that, that were teaching class that said, well, my doctor got it wrong. Said I was a boy because I had the peeper. You know, it's. I don't know what I'm supposed to call it on the air. What what is the term? <laughs> that suffices. I know exactly what you. <laughs> it was, you know, the doctor. Like, what is he doing? He's walking around at the nurses' station, spreading rumors about the existence of <laughs> existence of a Mister Kanish under the diaper. You know, Mister Kanish is Robin Strauss. But you can take that. Mister Kanish and Mister Peeper could have a scientific. <laughs> <show>. <laughs> It's the worst Hall & Oates cover band ever. Condition <laughs> Peter. So, so wait, they're just like the, the, the nurses are just passing rumors around. You know, the doctor said yeah. that there's a peeper under there. But well, it's not up to us to determine. Well, it, and I was seeing this story saying, well, it's better than some of the other names they've came up with to replace women. Well, that... Menstruating people. Yeah, that one's, yeah. Or vulva owner. <laughs> Sounds like an automobile. Yes. So, and then apparently they've also changed what a man is, the definition. That is an adult who lives and identifies as male, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. They have been said to have had. <laughs> right. That's make it all more confusing. That's, that's There's the this whisper line, campaign yeah. in, the, in the delivery room. <laughs> you know, I think... <laughs> So in the sentence, it says Mark is a trans man, and then in parentheses, equals a man who was said to be female when they were born. (laughs) The other sentence. The legend of Mr. (laughs) Kinnish. Their doctor encouraged them to live as a man for a while before undergoing surgical transition. (laughs) I don't remember being encouraged. No. <laughs> no it was, it's a peeper. Someday you're going to be Mr. Peeper. Okay. <laughs> but you're a dude. It's just what it is. <laughs> Where are we? I don't know. You have a totally different story, David. I I do. I'm sorry. I'm getting <laughs> I'm just very distracted. You have peeper madness going on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did you? Oh my gosh! Did you see? So there's this, uh, there's this like trans tournament uh, that the NHL is is backing, 
So you yeah, got so you, oh, the NHL's gone completely yeah, over it's the. Very edge. disappointing here. It is. They, so it's so you've got men and women playing together, but the, you know men are women in this case, and women are men. Well, this this dude who identifies as a chick just completely bodied this woman who identifies as a dude and sent her to the hospital or him or what I it's obvious the size difference is insane and just got him on the boards and boom concussion oh man so it's basically a biological male put a woman yes into the bo- well yeah i mean you go <laughs> Peeper and Volvo Carrier. Gosh, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. Well, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Language Outside is under that, we, I mean, dude, if it was 10 years ago and you're like, all right, in 10 years, uh, they're going to be fighting over the use of funds after a pandemic. Or, yeah, you can just say you're a dude or a woman and play a woman's sport. You'd been like, you're out of your mind. You get a cabinet position in the president's cabinet. Yeah. By, uh, and it, and if By you, wearing a dress to work if you're a dude. Yeah. And if you steal well, yeah, and the one obese. piece, of, it, yeah. if you steal one piece of luggage, it's okay. But two, that's the line. All right. Right. Obese person, biological man identifying as a woman, running health services. Right. Okay. But they've had their COVID shots, so all's well. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I just think this is really funny. So I didn't realize this, but there is a new documentary uh, focusing on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, everyone's favorite socialist from New York. And it's about climate change. It's called To the End. It opened up this weekend. Uh, Small run, you know, a few theaters. Uh, I think it was, what, 120 theaters, something like that. Okay. Uh, averaged $80 per theater. Wow. So somewhere around eight people went to go see it <laughs> at each theater. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you talk about, and I know we fall into this because she does have some power within the Democratic Party. I mean, or she represents a section of the Democratic Party that Joe Biden is terrified of. Yes. But you talk about somebody who has completely punched above her weight class since she entered Congress because nobody cares about her. Okay, you know what we've found out over the last several years? Who are running so many of these publications? It's it's Gen Z and millennials, yeah. David. And so to them, who haven't been around the block at all, to see through a lot of BS, she is a freaking hero. And they put her on a pedestal constantly. You referenced this so many times, and I always forget the name. It was Obama's guy talking about all of the young, quote, journalists. Ben Rhodes, yeah. Yes, saying we just feed them whatever talking points we want, and then they carry it out for us. Yeah. And we've seen it now for the better part of eight, nine years. Oh, sure. It was a young, dumb press corps, in his words, that uh, were so enamored with Barack Obama as a figure that they just really didn't question anything that they, they gave out. And so I agree with you. That's, that's where the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez phenomenon has happened because it's largely exclusively within 
the media that she's this like superstar next generation uh, of Democrats, and she's really not. One of my favorite things is I know I, there is one person in particular that I'm thinking of who loves her. Not the policies, really any, not not anything, just likes the idea of this far left progressive person uh, stirring it up in Washington, D.C. So, and I every once in a while I just say, oh, she's nuts and she's an idiot. She's not nuts and an idiot. Just you have different opinions than her. And I, so what I started doing a few years ago was I would transcribe quotes from her and then say, can you believe what Donald Trump just said? And then he would laugh. <laughs> oh. And he would say, what an idiot. I said, just kidding. That was AOC. That's oh, great, man. Dude. That's great. Yes. Yeah, stuff I'm like write that down. Stuff okay. like this. If we want to reduce the number of people in our jails, the answer is to stop building more of them. <laughs> yes. Just as an I, example. That was actually one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many things like that she survived? Well, yeah. I mean, she's she's in like a uh, crazy uh, plus 98 D district i mean she's never she's certainly never going to lose to a republican in that district i'll never forget the weeping at the wall oh Oh, yeah that's one of my all-time favorites yes when there's no one there yes it was so like you know right yeah before we're off this topic moving on to the trifecta with robbins yeah i saw an interview this was matt taibbi who has been one of the people releasing the Twitter files, used to be with Rolling Stone and then went to Substack. He's talking with Joe Rogan about reporters and journalists. And, David, it reminded me of you. And I don't know how old Taibbi is, but I'm guessing he if he's older than you, David, not by much. Um, been around for a while. Okay. Maybe he's in his 40s. No, I don't know. He's 52. Oh, man. Okay. He looks younger than that. He's talking about the reporters he came up with. And he said the difference between then and now, and I'm paraphrasing, was that if there was a big story you were about to break, the night before it was going to be seen by the editor, you were sweating bullets because you could lose your whole career if you didn't didn't have everything covered. Yeah. Or if somehow it came out into the public and you had booted something or forgot to reference something, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you are so nervous because that really could be the end for you. And anymore, no one feels those kinds of nerves because as long as you're on the, quote, right side, you have job protection. Oh, yeah. And that's the difference. It's not about getting it right and getting it true. It's just being on the right side. And as long as you're on the, quote, right side, which would mean the left, then you're okay. That's That's the big problem. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very interesting. This was an all-out attempted coup. We don't have time to go over AOC quotes all day. Hope that's in the documentary. You think about how bad that is. $80 per theater? I can't imagine $80 per theater. (laughs) That's hard for me to believe. All right, you ready for your big three, Scott? let's roll, man. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, the trifecta. Yep. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hi, buddy. I think he's all ready. I'm ready. Yep. Okay. Three. 
Number three, CVS and Walgreens have reached a settlement. Yeah, they've agreed to pay a combined uh, $10.7 billion, billion dollars to settle allegations they failed to adequately oversee opioid painkiller prescriptions. That contributing to America's opioid epidemic and addiction crisis. Now, the interesting thing about this was, and I'm not here to defend CVS or Walgreens or any of them, but if you read the response of the representatives, from particularly from CVS, they made no admission of error or wrongdoing. They simply framed the settlement as a way to, quote, resolve these longstanding claims and put them behind us. The interesting thing about this is, and I, I, is there some responsibility on their part? Yeah. But if their chains had been accused of selling drugs illegally, altering prescriptions, then they should be held accountable. But they were just, they were being handed prescriptions to fill. And they did it. What are they saying they did wrong? They did not, not enough oversight. Hmm. Yeah, not not double checking with doctors when you're dealing with handing right. out a controlled Opioids. substance. But so. they're, they're, but why aren't we going after these doctors on, on a? I think they are fero- ferociously as we are these guys. I, I think in a lot of places they are. Well, but, they should be. Yeah, the, but I just these thought are, it was interesting that these guys are paying ten ten and a half billion dollars. Which, by the way, I'm not going to quibble one way or another. I'm just going to say, hey, man, were they just doing their job or not? Yeah, I think you're supposed to have some sort of guardrails in place that you would say, hey, this looks like a suspicious amount of prescriptions coming from that this particular doctor or that particular doctor, and yeah. there should be some oversight. Uh, Listen, just for me speaking, yeah, I don't want uh, my pharmacy to make it any harder for me yeah. to get my scripts. See, isn't right. that the thing, right? I mean, you go through it, hoops anyway, right? I mean, Listen, I wouldn't even bring it up if you guys weren't here for a good part of it. And it was just what within the last couple of weeks I heard you on the phone, yeah. David. I mean, days in a row. You know, Scott, you yell at people. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you know, and not knowing the particulars of the case, think, oh man, they're going to make sure to make sure it's tightened up now. Oh my goodness! But I mean, if you bring in two of these within a six month period or something, what's the? No. What do we do here? What's the red flag? I don't know what it is. I think I think it's like, hey, we have you know a hundred people coming to us, and the only prescription that this doctor is prescribing mm-hmm. is a painkiller, which would be a red flag. You would say, okay, well, why is this guy only prescribing these drugs and not you know asthma medication or antidepressants or anything right. else? Like that? Why is he? Why is he only sending these in? Why is he only sending in oxycontin and stuff? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, it is interesting. These guys are paying that kind of money. For yeah, it. we're getting closer and closer to number one. This guy Robin trifecta top three stories of the day. Two. Uh, number two, California is ripping menthols out of the mouths of people. That's right. <laughs> this story, I kind of makes me laugh, but there's ten days left, and actually nine today, to smoke all the menthols you can in California because you won't be able to buy them anymore. Wow. No more Newports, buddy. Yeah. No more Marlboro menthols. Somewhere, if my old friend Jay Reif is listening, uh, that yes, that means I can never bum a Newport again. Of course, I quit smoking over 10 years ago, right. but still. Get your own smokes. Damn. <laughs> I heard that once. I heard it 100 times. I mean, really, only in California, right? Yeah. Where the government has determined to save us from ourselves, but they could give a fat frog's fanny about people peeing on the streets. They don't care about that. Or, Just don't smoke Newports. Or shooting up heroin. That's good, too. State-sponsored. But if you're shooting heroin and you got a Newport in your mouth, you're going to jail. <laughs> I would love to see that. You got one of these state-sponsored injection sites. You right. walk yeah. in there. But before 
you, you really want to get a good drag off of your Newport or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. And somebody's, I would love to see that. Somebody who's running this, again, state-sponsored injection site for heroin users right. walk in and say, you can't smoke that in here. Just yeah, inject your heroin and move along. Heroin, fine. Newports, no. Yeah. Newports will kill you. Okay, the Where Scott Robbins trifecta. Now, on with the countdown. Yes. One. Uh, it's a battle royale of Z-list celebrities, you tell me. Yeah, Christy Swanson, who was uh, Buffy in the movie, Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. You know who she is, right? Uh, anyway, she's going after Billy Baldwin, who tweeted out the ridiculousness uh, over the weekend about um, Tesla, about the Teslas and about, about what was going on with back and forth there, right? So he tweeted out, uh, retweet if your pronouns are boycott Tesla. Of course, the usual suspects went into uh, high gear after that. Uh, no one can say you Baldwin boys aren't quick on the trigger. No. Oh. Wow. That was a rough one. So this is the big deal. People are supposed to get rid of their electric cars that yeah, are Tesla's and buy another. Stop doing business with Tesla. Got it. Stop Elon doing Musk business with bad. Elon Musk, period. And uh, they're using Elon Musk as, uh, you know, Twitter to... Tell people not to use Twitter, which is ironic, too. Got it. Uh, retweet, if your pronouns are my brother slash didn't kill anyone. Ooh. And there you have it. The Scott Robbins trifecta. <laughs> that one made me laugh. Got to be honest. Nice. All right. Got to get to a news update. Also, Nimrod's in the news. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. And a big day today, David. Yeah. Uh, we were talking with David Harms from Union Gospel Mission all day. Uh, helping to get homeless people off the streets, get clean, get a job. Uh, their success rate is phenomenal. I mean, we've, we've been talking to them for, what, seven years now? At least. Uh, somewhere uh, in that ballpark. And uh, they're just asking for some generosity. If you uh, can spare uh, some money to help them with their mission. Here's David Harms from Union Gospel Mission. Well, guys, it's been a great day as we presented the need through Union Gospel Mission to get people off the streets, especially during the holiday season. Uh, about, a, I don't know, an hour or so ago, uh, we launched into a $2,500 double challenge that would provide meals and care and shelter to those on the street and the beginning point of a way off the street. Well, that match was not only met, but the friend who put up that $2,500 said, oh, that was fun. Let's do it again. <laughs> And so uh, we have a double match challenge in play now, again, until the top of the hour. So not a lot of time. Uh, let me give the number and then I'll backfill some information. But, yeah, $2,500 again to double. So 888-256-4448. That's 888-256-4448. You call that number and when you make a gift, you're going to provide the basic stuff to get off the street. We're going to start with like meals. Maybe it's a pair of socks. Uh, maybe it's just a conversation. Uh, those are the things that start the process. And once they come into Union Gospel Mission, we have a 70% effective rate. In other words, for a man or a woman who attends even and goes through at least one phase of our program, a year later, they remain clean, sober, in stable housing, employed, and in a healthy, supportive community. That success, 70% are no longer on the street. We say one less tent, yeah, it's very effective. So for $99, you provide 15 nights, 198 is a month. Now double everything we've got. So here we go. I'm going to give you the phone number as much as I can as we try to meet this $2,500 double challenge. So call 888 256 
888-256-4448. Not a whole lot of time again, but $2,500 to double. 888-256-4448. One more time, and then we just got to go. 888-256-4448. Thanks for calling. Let's get one last tent on our streets. Thank you, David. And the number again is 888-256-4448. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. This was just weird. Cindy Lauper's at the White House. Say what? Cindy Lauper was at the White House today because uh, the president is going to be signing the, what did they call it, Respect for Marriage Act? Yes. The But... No respect for, well, Religious Values Act. Pretty much. No yeah. That. Uh, and Cindy Lauper was at the White House press briefing and uh, gave a statement saying, now we're allowed to love who we love. Cindy Lauper, not gay, by the way. No, not, not gay. Her sister's a lesbian. But a lot of her fans, you say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's got a big following there. Yeah. So just a little tip of the cap. In that community. Yeah. Got it. Um. Since when could you not love who you loved? When was that? I thought that went out like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. But they're still, still saying that. Apparently. Why? Because victimhood never dies? Yes. Golly. We, we don't have time to get Once into all that. Once you got a great slogan, dude, you got to keep going. <laughs> you don't <laughs> stop. Okay, yes. Okay. When the going it. gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrods in the news. Well, we got this dude in Florida, Anthony Tarduno. He's forty-eight. He wandered up to a police crime scene, saw a marked patrol SUV, decided, "Well, I'm going to set it on fire." He walked over to a nearby dumpster pulled out a bag of trash, lit it with a lighter, and heaved it over to the SUV. Then he left the scene to go to a bar. But then he came back to confess. He's like, listen, I was drunk. Sometimes when I'm drunk, I do stupid things. <laughs> so he was arrested on two counts of arson being held on $30,000 bond. And that's Nimrod's in the news.